0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport
1: powered by fans i'm nick friedman i'm lee alec murray
2: and i'm leah president and this is crunchyroll presents the anime effect I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say, and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on
0: Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.
2: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. We're now in our sixth season looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Mikey Penty Smith. This is the flagship show. And with Ipswich struggling with a serious goal drought, I'm joined by two men who are never wide of the mark It's Craig Finbo and Seb Brown. How are you both? Good, thank you, Mikey. Yeah, good, thank good, you. Thanks. Yep, good, thanks. But am I right in saying you'd both be a lot happier if our YouTube viewers liked this video? And also subscribe if they're not subscribing already absolutely yeah I mean' it's the only way to week.
0: Get, yeah it's the only way to get all the all the best content instantly isn't it so
2: yeah hit that hit that like and subscribe straight away. lovely stuff um, Let's. it's been a quite a busy week actually um, It's switched. so we'll, we'll crack on with the news, and I'll try and do most of this chronologically um, so on Thursday, the exodus started at town with goalkeeper coach Jimmy Walker. Um, being let go with immediate effects with Paul Cook sets recruit, a replacement. Seemed like a nice chap, didn't he, Seb? Um, but no surprise that Cook is freshening things up.
0: Yeah, it's not really a shock, is it? Let's be honest. I think we'll see a bit more of this in the weeks to come. <laughs> he seemed to be very highly rated within the game, but I guess some of his Twitter actions kind of, you know, went against him a little bit. Was it the comment saying, if we don't finish fourth, we should pack it all up at some point in November? That's not aged very well. So I, I was a little bit surprised that we haven't got somebody else in ready to replace him straight away. You know, I kind of thought he'll be announcers going on the Thursday or whatever on the Friday. They'll announce a new, a new body, but I guess wait till the summer and see who's Who's in what positions or what clubs, and, and and Cook can start to really put his uh put his stamp on the back 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 staff team.
2: Craig, you know a little bit about this temporary replacement, though, don't you? Can you smarten up our viewers and listeners on that?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's another member of the Brighton team. Massive, um, <laughs> Carl uh, Carl Pentney's name is. So I think if anyone sort of localish to me will know Carl. I certainly know his dad if you know local football. His old man uh, played for, you know, Brighton, C. Clacton, uh, Stanway probably, and sort of maybe Haybridge, that, these sort of teams around the area and played, you know, hundreds of games for all these clubs. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, he's, he's local to me and his boy, um, I say his boy he's probably about 30, early 30s, I reckon. Um, and he's, about 18 months ago, he stopped playing. So he would have played non-league. He played for Maidenhead a fair bit, I think, under Alan Devonshire um so in national league level and about 18 months ago he became the head of the goalkeeping coaches of the academy um and as a as an aside to that he also has his own um like goalkeeping academy stroke courses for um, local kids and things like that so my boy oscar goes um once or twice a week up to colchester and has um like tuition from carl and two or three other goalkeeper coaches so yeah no he's I think he's well known in local circles he's a, he's a lovely lovely guy um, and, you know, the, I say all the boys and, and girls that go to the goalkeeper coaches you know, get a lot from it. He's, a, he's really good the way that he talks to people. Obviously, as Seb said, this will be a purely interim um, position until such time as you know we, we assume that the people or the person that um, Paul Cook wants is in a job at the moment. And, you know, we'll wait, wait till the summer until their season's finished and then everything will start to get pieced together, I have thought
2: absolutely and th- this may be a little bit harsh said because he was only at the club for a-, a short while but could you argue that jimmy walker was a bit of a failure due to the goalkeeping performances we've seen and the younger goalkeepers being let go yeah i think that's a-, a fair comment you know
0: you as a coach you've got to look to who have you improved in your time at the club and last season norris and holy were were chopping and changing every every few games and we had a couple of couple of bad mistakes from from norris and then this year you know cornell's not really had much of a look in but Holy has had some moments where you start to think, you know, he's, he's not going to be the man to take us forward with a with a promotion, hopefully next season, and then looking to press on. He's, he, he is what he is. He's a League One mid-table goalkeeper, which for a League One mid-table side is okay. <clears throat> but but neither of them in the last couple of years have really looked to push on. And like you said there with the with the two kids, with Harry Wright and with um, Pijbek, neither of them have really done much either. Harry Wright was the one that disappointed me a little bit because you always heard how good he was with the ball at his feet, etc. And you might have thought, maybe if that's how we're going to look to, to play either, albeit under Lambert or Cook. Maybe we'd start to see him in cup games, that sort of thing. But whether that's just ability or or Walker's coaching, I'm not sure. But he, you know, he's he's not going to be he's not going to be one that you look back on and think, oh yeah, we were really really sorry to let him go because n- nothing's really improved in that department for the last two three years now since Bart left.
1: Hmm. I'd imagine that the the guys that left, the two younger goalkeepers that left, also that's to do with their age, isn't it? In that they're now above the age limit for not being counted towards a squad. If you can see what I mean. So they'd include as a number in what is now. And now they're reducing the number in the squad, aren't they each year for a, for two or three years? I think it's down to like 21, if it was 22 previously. So, you know, what I would imagine will happen is we probably don't believe that one, if not both goalkeepers we've currently got will still be here or certainly starting the match um, first game of the season in August. But any reserves you would have thought would probably be under that age bracket, wouldn't they? Just so didn't didn't count towards your numbers.
0: Well, there were some rumours on Twitter, weren't there? We've signed an American, uh, an American goalkeeper. It's not been confirmed anywhere, but there seems to be this this train of thought that we have signed ourselves a new American guy for the for the under 23 side. So I guess he's the one who will look to look, look to push on. But like you said, crucially, he's under the age gap, so there's no no issues with squad registrations and stuff.
2: Indeed, and later that same day, it was quite a busy one. We learned that Alan Judge won't be playing any further part this season, as the club looks to avoid triggering a one-year extension. Um, I'm glad you're here, Craig, to run the rule over this one, a signing we were really excited about and one that just hasn't worked out despite his best efforts.
1: Yeah, no, exactly that. You know, I, it, I, and you know, we're not wishing ill on anyone. No, these guys, in the, the day, are losing their jobs and and looking to find you know new employment so you know no one's going to be crowing or or potentially happy about it but as you say Mike, it just it just simply hasn't worked out is it It just for some reason it just ne- it just ne- he just never seemed to feel at home with us he just never seemed to sort of f- get the feeling he was just settled properly or so. i think obviously we had the the bid from qpr um the summer after he joined um which in hindsight we probably should have taken but you can look back in hindsight on a few of those but you sort of got the feeling that he was just keen to get back to to London and and back in the m20 inside the m25 obviously we know that he's had bits and pieces going off um going on off field as well which probably hasn't helped matters um but you know we we all know that as you say again he he tries his hardest no one's ever going to question that but it just didn't work out. And I know some people are saying, well, he wasn't often played in his position, but often he was played in his position. Yeah. And even if he wasn't played in his position, you'd still hope that a, a player of that caliber and that experience would, A, stay in the position he was supposed to be playing in, but B, also have an impact on games regardless of where he's playing. If he's that good, a player, have an impact on games, you know, score more goals than he did, set up more goals than he did. Um, you know, we, we won't see that Alan Judge scamper, back to where he should be as the as the opposition's attacking sort of in down the wing um and we saw what he could do in flashes didn't we you know he he, he scored a couple of goals this season he's pinged in a few um, decent balls but it's just so few and far between and again but he's not alone in that but you know sort of all demanding the ball from people but very seldom did that actually move on to cr- creating something meaningful often enough um mm-hmm. I say it's interesting to see where he where he ends up really after two indifferent years with us. Um, I'm not sure he would he get a, would he get a championship gig? Would would Warburton have him again at, at QPR? I don't know if that would be the case. Luton maybe MK Dons. I can't see him going too far afield really no. from from you know around the right, I said before, sort of around the M25. So it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see MK Dons might be a decent fit for him to be fair if if they're after that sort of play. There's that sort of technically gifted. Um, you know, keep the ball, pass it backwards rather than pass it forward type play he might fit in
2: quite well at Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a strange one, isn't it? Because and it's a shame. It's a little bit like Amy Hughes, although without the injuries, we were so excited when we managed to sign yeah. him again after a really good loan spell. Yeah, and it just hasn't worked. And like you say, a lot of that was uh, had things going on off the pitch. And then also was having to play out wide. I think even once at Gillingham, we saw him playing up front um, and having long balls pumped up towards him. But he, we, we have seen him playing in his best position as well. And although we've seen glimpses of what he can do, it uh, hasn't really worked out. And yeah, we're freshening things up. It's one that makes complete sense. Yeah, but the thing
1: you know, it's not as if he's, it's not as if he's been a bad player this year, is it? He's probably been in your top January. Five or six players, certainly this year. Can you say calendar year? He's probably been in the top four or five players this year, yeah. but it's just a case of freshening things up, isn't it? And and I don't think anybody's going to, you know, concern themselves too much about him going. Um, you know, it's it's what's needed just to I say, just to make things a bit a bit more uh, lively, really up front, because you know he wants to play this. Cook wants to play this with three behind the central striker. You think that'd be bloody custom made for Alan Judge, yeah. but you know. He should, be our, he should have been our little Wes Houlihan, shouldn't he? But wasn't to be.
2: Yeah, indeed. So on, on Friday morning, we heard from Paul Cook himself, who revealed that he's going to be like a demolition man <laughs> over the next six weeks. I'm going to quote him here. He says, this is going to be a very unhappy club over the next two or three weeks because the changes are coming. When there are announcements on players, whether it be Troy Parrott, Luke Chambers, James Norwood or Caden Jackson, the club will make announcements. Um, Seb, I think the entire fan base is very excited um, about the overhaul of this squad that's underachieving. Will you be disappointed to see many of them depart?
0: No, not really. I mean, let's be honest. It's been what <clears throat> five, six years now of just decline, and and the whole thing needs to be completely revamped. You know, if 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 what they said on April Fool's Day is, is accurate about wanting stats based recruitment and whatnot, then there's there's no way these kind of players are going to be at the, the the forefront of any of their models or graphs or whatever. They they are just a, a squad of players who on paper. Should be in theory tearing up the league, but you know, are we all guilty of just sitting here for the last eighteen months and and thinking the players are a lot lot better than they are? <clears throat> I wasn't I wasn't too surprised. Um, like going back to what you said about the, the judge thing, I guess he was uh, he's the first to go. I'd expect a few more, maybe in the next couple of weeks before the the, the, the end of season. You know, if we're going to pay people off early, we might see an announcement on the likes of Hughes, etc. Um, and I, I guess this is this is what's needed. All that didn't really sit right with me. You know, there's a, there's a bit of a way of doing things, and mm-hmm. I understand Cook is really frustrated and I understand the Wimbledon result is, is probably the final straw you know he's had so many weeks of, of of players flattering to deceive and letting him down but there is a a bit of a kind of idea of you know don't don't was it don't air your dirty laundry in public and these are people who have got jobs and livelihoods and lifestyles you know it's it it, it didn't quite sit right with me the way he was you know just sort of casting everyone aside it's so so openly openly in public but I guess you know that is that is what we need but potentially he is now putting a lot of pressure on himself as well you know if if yeah. if he has this huge clear out of players and then we are still not performing when he brings his own people in he's he's got nowhere else to hide so a little bit surprised with the comments not overly happy with the way <clears throat> the way it was said but as, as fans we would all agree that, that uh, an overhaul is is massively needed
2: yeah craig i was going to ask you the question is is he really putting pressure on himself does he does he need to do you think maybe because things haven't gone so well for him on the pitch that he felt he feels like he needs to make a bit of an alpha male statement? Yeah, possibly. I think
1: he said himself and he's disappointed that he hasn't made more of a difference. Um, but yeah, there are mitigating factors we all know. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he's i am 100% sure he's as annoyed, upset as anyone that, you know, he hasn't made the difference he wants. But as Sib said, the onus is now firmly on him. He's made a rod for his own back. He's going to have. 10, 12, Christ knows, 14 brand new players. The the ownership rather than investment, which he thought uh, it was coming along in the summer, has probably ratcheted that up again a notch or two. Um, he'll live and die by summer stroke, summer signings and autumn um, results, you'd have thought. Um, his remit's probably changed, hasn't it, from, <clears throat> from being under Evans. He probably went from get us get us promoted within this budget get us settled and stable in the bottom third of the championship again within this budget that's now changed from get us promoted pretty much with unlimited budget certainly in the in league 1 and then we want to be going up another level very very quickly within within the championship so you know the the pressure's on the pressure's was ratcheted up on him in any case through virtue of the of the ownership being in place rather than investment and now with these words he's sort of <laughs> he doesn't like throwing players under the bus but he does like throwing players under the bus doesn't he <laughs> if that's not throwing players under the bus i appreciate mm-hmm. he's not like individually calling him out you know, yeah Luke Chambers, you're it, rubbish it rem- or reminded
2: me of when people say i'm not being funny but
1: <laughs> yeah and then it. they say
2: something that is mm-hmm. them being funny I'm
1: um, um, not racist but, but. <laughs> um so yeah so we've been, again talking about owners it'll be interesting to see if if actually going forward they actually have less patience than the fans when it comes mm. to it because I think the fans are pretty much 100% almost 100% on board with Cook and and what he's saying and well maybe not what he's saying but not how he's saying but certainly what he's saying and what he's trying to get across and what he's trying to do um but it may be that we're actually perversely going to be Giving them a bit more time than than, than owners who who want to see you know, results more quickly. I don't know.
0: The the time to judge him wasn't it? Ben said it a couple of pods ago. The time to judge him is going to be October time, isn't it? You know, like you said, he'll be bringing in ten, twelve, fourteen players. He's got six weeks of pre season and a full window, and then he will be judged come come late autumn, early winter next season, I guess. And 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 like, and like you said, his remit has changed now. So if he if he's not in the certainly in the playoff places or challenging for for the automatics, you, you would think the <clears throat> the pressure will, will will come from above, and, and 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 he can only blame himself given that he's gonna have a complete clear out and do things his own way, which is which is fair enough.
1: But he said he said himself, didn't he? At, pretty much in his in his first interview, he said, "I need a you know how many how many transfer windows do you need? Yeah. How many pre seasons do you need?" He said, "Well, one, one of each." Once he'd finished joking, he said, "One." But That's, if if but, sorry, Seth, but if you look on. at what he did at um, well, Chesterfield, Pompey, Wigan, pretty much he went in. I think Chesterfield he joined mid season, and then the next season, once he'd had a pre season, they won the league. Pompey he joined at the end of a season. After the preseason, they won the season in his first his first season after a preseason. And then Wigan, again, won it in his first – sorry, no. Pompey finished sixth and then won the league. Wigan, he finished well, – they won the league in his first season. So he, he does need this preseason to get everyone drilled and get everyone focused and get everyone fit, which is something I'm sure we'll come on to um, in a little bit, to play the way that he wants them to play. So, again, you know, the, the pressure's on him.
2: Absolutely. And there's also going to be some pressure on the new CEO, Mark Ashton, who's going to be the man tasked with getting these moves over the line. Do you expect him to be a success in the transfer market, Seb, based on the job he's done at Bristol City?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't pretend to be any kind of expert on him. I listened to the the, the pod that Ben did—an excellent pod—with um, the guy from Bristol. Well worth a listen to get a bit of insight into the chap. Um, but you know, his, his track record was was pretty reasonable. Um, the guy on the on the pod with Ben kept saying that he's he's done things that aren't noticed by fans to a certain degree, and he's been very successful in those in those actions. So at least we'll have some proper structure in the club. And you'd like to think, you know, having been in football for so long, he must have a, a decent rolodex of of contacts. I guess the crucial thing will be how will him and Cook how are they going to work together and how are they going to assign areas of responsibility? But at least we've got some sort of structure incoming and I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited for, for what will happen with a, with a proper definitive structure at the club and somebody with the, who's been empowered to make these kind of decisions on a, on a fairly rapid basis. I would guess, I don't think we'll be messing around. You know, the, the gate, the Fleetwood game is Sunday. That is it the 9th of May. He joins us on the 1st of June, whatever it is. And I would expect that within a, a week or two, Cook will have all his backroom targets done. We might have a couple of players in and the, hopefully it'll be like a conveyor belt, you know, next, 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 getting them all in before before the start of pre-season because, as, as Craig just said, that is that is crucial. And he's got a decent track record in doing that kind of stuff. So, you know, hopefully he'll do well and
2: we can only reap the rewards from it. Mm. How big is it, Craig, that we get these deals done quickly at the start of June, as soon as the season finishes? Well, yeah,
1: exactly. And that's something that <clears throat> dear old Marcus wasn't particularly great at, was it? It was very no. much last knockings of pretty much every transfer window we were getting people in, and they have both in and out. and and hampering ourselves and hamstringing ourselves for the for the forthcoming season but it's just it's a signal of intent isn't it more than anything that we're getting a ceo from a championship club and a guy who was championship my god what what an award an accolade championship ceo of the year 2019 um but to, to get him to come down so that must that must be something does he it's a signal of intent he must be on a decent whack at bristol city um so he must see something Within our project, to you know, to wet his appetite. Obviously, he knows um, Mike O'Leary from West Brom, I think, and Oxford. Um, so you know, they know each other well, and they, Mike O'Leary seems like a decent enough guy. So, as Seb said, you know, the, the Bristol City fans haven't taken into, or certainly haven't taken to him much in the last year or so. A lot to do with the um, the manager appointment. And also injuries. Strangely enough, that his medical team that he's put together hasn't been great. But what we're desperate for is just any anybody to do that job, isn't it? You know, we, we've got nothing to compare him to because we haven't had anybody that does that job. So it's you know it's a brave new world for us just to have a, a CEO and a guy running the club on a day to day basis. And I think it was the um, East Anglia, I think it might be Stuart Watson, an article that he wrote saying that you know their income, commercial income, had grown. 600% or something ridiculous like that at the same time where other clubs had grown by 50% or something along those lines. So just things like that is obviously why the guys have also brought him in is for that sweating the asset, as we, as we said previously, haven't you? you know, sweating Portman road, getting it to do more stuff. You know, the guys, mm-hmm. I'm going to call it layer road, but Cole Hughes ground has always got bits and pieces going on there. Yeah. Free yeah. COVID, you know, you drive past it and there's always, Usually Some tribute comedy. bands,
2: but yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: yeah. BG's tribute band or something, but or mm. there's a comedy night or there's a 70s yeah. night or there's, I know that they do, you know, the business, local businesses take their do conferences there and team meetings and bits and pieces like that. So it's just being clever about, you know, what we've got and, and bringing in a bit more income. Yeah. Um, what might be interesting actually in, in just in terms of uh, we just going back to Cook and the pressure he puts on him is that, um um, Michael Appleton um, was linked, wasn't he, and sort of is linked to um, O'Leary and a little bit to to Ashton. So, you know, I wouldn't be... I'd probably be putting my money on him come October, November time if, if Paul Cook um, doesn't do the business and, and gets let go, then you know, he'd, he'd probably be a name that'd be at the top of their, uh, their list going forward. Mm.
2: Anyway, well, hopefully... It's a recipe for success. Um, and we'll certainly be in need of a few players on the wings, which brings me nicely on to our message <laughs> from our sponsors, favourite chicken Effortless. and ribs. Um, and our Ipswich-based listeners can still enjoy a 20% discount by entering BM20 at the checkout page online. Just visit www.chicken-ipswich.co.uk or check out their Facebook page, www facebook.com forward slash favourite Ipswich delivery and that's favourite spelt without a U and I don't know about you guys but I'm looking forward to taking advantage of that next time I'm in Suffolk
1: yeah we're all going around Rich's aren't we Rich's new house yep. a gonna... housewarming
0: party with
2: a platter I think is the plan isn't it Brilliant. winner winner chicken dinner so one man who probably won't be invited to Rich's um, homecoming <laughs> party is Paul Lambert and he's been speaking about town with the Sunday Herald. He said he left Ipswich in a more than decent place, and he's looking forward to his next challenge. And I was thinking, surely he's going to mention Germany at some point. And, of course, he did mention that he did play in Germany and that he wouldn't rule out managing there because there's three fantastic leagues there, which is kind of good. At least he's self-aware enough to acknowledge the three leagues rather than thinking he can walk into a Bundesliga job. Um, Seb, Did he leave us in a good place? Because it feels like he really didn't. Well, I mean, yeah, he spent his last couple of interviews saying everything that was
0: wrong with the club and the structure was awful (laughs) and everything needed to be changed from top to bottom. And then six, seven weeks later, he's out there saying he left it in a decent place. You know, it's just, it's just his brand, isn't it? It's just, he's got his eye now ready for his, his next challenge, whatever that may be. I think it'll be a difficult sell given that he's literally failed at every single club since he left Norwich now. So, Mm. you, you know, he's doing his rounds of the paper. I'm sure he'll pop up on talk sport or sky sports the next couple of weeks with his mates spouting the same old stuff but it's it's very contradictory to go from saying the whole club is rotten i'm not going to defend the owner anymore everything needs to change blah blah to then seven weeks later saying yeah i left it in a pretty good place yeah it's fine <laughs> etc but you he know uh, we, we know what he's like let's be honest
1: he didn't leave it in a better position to what he found it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no one mentioned that yeah he was didn't in the say championship that, he? when he took over yeah <laughs> right, exactly <laughs> Oh, and great, is there any coincidence that yeah. the Bayern Munich manager announced he was leaving yesterday and this interview comes out? Do we think Lambert's
2: got yeah. very high designs in Germany?
1: Coincidence, <laughs> eh?
2: Brilliant. Yeah, lovely to hear from Lamberto. So, yeah, on to Saturday's game now. This is the part of the show where we talk about our latest nil-nil draw. Um, so, <laughs> Ipswich travels to Charlton for an overnight stay by the Thames before an afternoon at Come the on, Valley. yeah. Um Yeah, it looked like a nice hotel, that, didn't it? Mm. Over- overlooking the, the river.
1: You think these guys James... never stayed in a hotel before? They're sticking all on Instagram. All right, well, we know you're in a hotel. We, we know it's in London, so... Yeah.
2: They, and James Norwood seemed frustrated that he didn't have the best view. He had to poke his head out the window to see the Thames. <laughs> yeah, he was probably Mr. hanging out the window Mr. at Self the time. <laughs> yeah, he locked <laughs> himself <laughs> out. <laughs>
1: dangling from the windowsill in just his dressing gown with his legs <laughs> kicking with his slippers on. Yeah,
0: Wonderful. So Maybe, maybe Paul... he was leaning out the twigged his hamstring. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Spoiler alert. So Paul Cook made five <laughs> changes from the team who lost earlier in the week in, in South West London. As Kane Vincent Young, Mark McGuinness, Andre Dezell, Teddy Bishop and Keenan Bennetts all returned with Chambers, Enciala, Drinan, Judge and Harrop missing out. With only Chambers and Drinan out of those making the bench. And as promised, as it will be between now and the rest of the season, it's going to be that 4-3-2-1 formation. So it was Holy in goal, Vincent Young right back, Wolfenden and McGuinness centre-backs, Stephen Ward left back, Downs and Dezell sitting in front of the back four, Guion Edwards starting on the left, Bennett's on the right, and Bishop in that attacking midfield position behind Norwood. Um, I'll quickly run through the Charlton team as well. Charlton more of a 4-3-3. Amos in goal, Matthews right back, Innocent Pierce the centre backs, Purrington left back, Forster Kasky, Darren Prattley and Gilby, Gibley in midfield. Uh, Jayasimi, Stockley and Miller up front for them. A half decent Charlton side, isn't it, guys? But they seem to be in a similar state of affairs as us, where they're trying their best not to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're not was, the
1: only one. No, are they? They're not the yeah, only no. team that's trying to not f- make the playoffs.
0: I was shocked when I think Brenner or somebody on the, the the pre-match. They've only won six games at home all season, and yet they're still, you know, they're still up there. So that was that was surprising. But yeah, like like you just said, Craig, there's a lot of sides looking to to throw this away, aren't there? Mm-hmm.
2: But three minutes in, Seb via a set piece, we very nearly scored.
0: A shot on target, and then another one within within minutes. Yeah, I mean, it was a a decent delivery. Norwood gets across his man and forced a good save from the keeper. Bennett's following up and was it, I don't know if it was going in or not, but the guy, you know, kicks it from just, just ahead of the line and uh, puts out for a corner, but it was a, a, a strong start and a, a decent set-piece delivery for once and two shots on target in the opening, what, three, three four minutes? And I kind of thought, oh, maybe, they, you know, maybe the rocket from the press conference the day before, his preferred formation, good set-piece delivery. Are we maybe going to look to really crack on here and sell a, a, a statement? He kept saying he wanted people to... Step up to the plate, didn't he in the in the previous week? And I thought, oh, maybe you know, maybe we'll start to see some stuff now. But it all just kind of petered out from that point. Did do we have another shot on target after that one? I think I can't remember too many more. If there was a third shot no, on target,
1: I think the stats said we had two. That there was there was one in the second half where it it got put across to Edwards, didn't it? And he had okay one touch, then he had another touch just to get it in exactly the right position where he needed it to dribble it towards goal. I don't know whether that counted towards uh towards our shots on target. But we were
0: We've spoiled some... in the first the first three minutes, weren't we? Small steps, Seb. Small <laughs> yeah, steps. Yeah. And you can't <laughs> tell on iFollow, follow, can you? It looks, it's always worse on
2: I follow. Oh, so no, yeah. <laughs> um, our main goal threat, as usual, Craig, is Norwood. But in the 25th minute, he pulls up lame of a hamstring injury. Could this be the last time we see him in an Ipswich Town shirt, do you think? Well,
1: yeah, it might be, mightn't it? Um, and I don't know whether that's a shame or not, really, it's... It's just been bloody for Christ. Just been talking about Alan Judge having a frustrating couple of years, now we're going to talk about James Norwood having a frustrating couple of years. Um, when he's on the when he's on the pitch and when he's fit, we haven't. I'm bloody sure we haven't really ever seen him 100% fit ever since he sort of mm. joined the club. Certainly not compared to what we saw from from him at Tranmere when he was sprinting around Wembley for 120 minutes in the blazing hot sunshine in in May, whenever it was. Um, reasons behind that, you know, we can all make assumptions and have little guesses as, as to why that might be, whether he's just been ridiculously unlucky, I don't know. He does, The thing is, when he's on the pitch and when he's relatively fit, he, he does make a difference to us, doesn't he? He gives us something up front, something tangible up front to to aim at, and he gives defenders a, a hard time when he's fit. But it's just that when he's fit, you know, it's no good. Paul Cook isn't going to hang his hat on him being around for two or three games and then having three or four games off and then rinse and repeat—is it? You just can't, just can't do it. Now, you can sort of argue whether he's being brought back early because he is our only hope of having any sort of um, presence up front, and therefore, you know, it's just a cumulative effect that he's never properly fit. So he's getting injured again. He's never properly fit, and he's getting injured again. Um, if he is going to stay, then. Um, pre-season this summer it needs to be a bit different to his pre-season of last summer I suggest that mm. he needs to come back absolutely flying um, he just seems to be a, just a slightly different sort of body shape to what he was at Tranmere I don't know if he's been spending more time in the gym um, but he just seems to be a bit um, broader than he was when he was at um, Nor. But, uh, but aren't we all um, it's lockdown for you um, so he just doesn't seem to be that, say, as sprightly as he was at Tranmere. But he still does make a difference when we're hit, when he's playing. But he needs to be playing far, far, far more regularly. So problem being, he's on a fair whack, isn't he? As we're led to believe, League One terms and League One level. So you got, you know, if you're if you don't want him here, you're going to have to find someone to take him off your hands and and pay him a if not his full wage, then a then a, a proportion of it, so we can sort of cover the rest sort of thing. So. Yeah. It may be that he 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 finds his um, spiritual home and and level again and and ends up back at Tremere or a, a lower League One club, but you know I've got I've got no qualms with him staying if he can stay fit, but that's a bloody big if, isn't it?
2: Hmm. He seems to like being the big fish in a little pond, doesn't he? And he's in a pretty little pond at Ipswich at the moment, isn't he? But he's still
1: yeah yeah he, can... he, he... the 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 pond labelled strikers who can score is pretty bloody small. Yeah, <laughs> you're
2: right. It's all there for him. Even the 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 way he plays golf annoys me. He goes round and just plays like (laughs) local easy tracks and boasts about how brilliant he is at golf. Flat track bully. That's cool,
1: mate. Flat track bully. They call it in cricket, don't they?
2: (laughs) Absolutely. So Jackson comes on in his place and he very nearly provides an assist for Keenan Bennett's, um, who after a decent shot in the third minute. Sort of a spot. it just goes back to his old shooting technique of absolutely blasting it into the <laughs> stand. Um and although we didn't score Seb, a much better first half performance, wasn't
0: it? It was, yeah. It started to drop off a little bit towards half time, but it was a much more encouraging half as Paul Cook said after the game small steps you know compared to the dross of Tuesday night it wouldn't have been hard to to do any worse let's be honest but it was it was a bit more encouraging Dazelle was playing well Bishop in the number 10 was looking to make things happen and I, w- I was really pleased with the 4 2 because you know Cook was changing it every other game and then changing things within game as well and if that's what he wants to play he needs to settle on that and I think we might have started to see some of the benefits from that the other day there were good 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 uh, good performances all over the pitch and well unfortunately in the second half it kind of petered out a little bit as the fitness started to drop but but it was an encouraging 45 minutes based on what we've seen in the last few weeks but that is a relatively low bar let's be honest
2: <laughs> a very low bar indeed uh- life is
1: made up of many gorgeous moments cherish them all big and small with blue nile
0: Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITSC match program each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash Monday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Um, so, yeah, early in the second half, we see the return of the Vincent Young double step over as he cuts inside and shoots, but unfortunately finds row H. But exciting to see. And a few minutes later, Holy makes a decent reaction save from JSE. seems to be making some saves at the moment, Holy, which is exciting. Um, and he's called into action again after some sloppy play from McGuinness and, and did well. Seems to be hitting a bit of form now. Uh, Holy Craig, after a few weeks of refusing to dive. Yes, put Rich back in his box, isn't it? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's maybe
1: it's Carl, the new uh, goalkeeping coach.
2: <laughs> Quite possibly. What do you think that Carl has brought this philosophy to the new goalkeepers? We say, try and save the shots. Yeah, dive. <laughs> Have a go at diving, try and save the shot to aren't straight at you. <laughs> Lovely stuff. So Dobra comes on for Bennett's, and soon after Kenlock and Sears come on for Warden Bishop. But it's Charlton who enjoy the best chances. But yeah, I don't really have anything particularly interesting to write down. Nil-nil is how it stays. So it's now over seven hours without a goal um for Ipswich, that is. And that was the fourth nil-nil in six games. So it's beginning to feel like the end of Last season, where every game I watched seemed to end yeah. nil-nil. Um, under weaknesses, Craig, you've put goals.
1: Yeah, creating chances. Um, it was as as Seb says. You can sort of see, well, you can see you can see a why we don't score many goals, but you can also see how the formation could potentially work once everyone's up to speed and and used to playing, etc. And and to be fair to Cook, what he has done, you know, when he came in. He said, look, this is me, 4 two, three, one this is how we're going to play. He tried it for, what, three, four, five games, didn't work. All right, you bunch of wasters, let's try something your way. Let's play the way you want to play. All right, you can't score using that either. Let's go back to my way and, you know, we'll like it or learn a bit sort of thing. So at least this way he can see who can and who can't perform within this formation and this structure because it is the way that we are going to play next year. Got no problem with that at all. Um, If we can keep Kane Vincent Young fit, he'll thrive in it. I'm 100% sure of that. Um, I'm not sure Stephen Ward will thrive in it. Poor old guy was blowing, wasn't he, pretty much as soon as the second-half whistle went to start the second half. He played well first half. Um, You know, he's down near the corner flag, wasn't he, more often than not, down near the the Charlton corner flag. Um, But, again, he just run out of of steam. And, interestingly, um, post-match – I'm sorry – Mikey you may come on to it but one of the comments that um, Paul Cook said was when I make substitutions I don't want to be making substitutions because my players are unfit and can't last 90 minutes I want to be making substitutions to impact a game and you know change tactics or refresh things whatever happens to it I don't want to be doing it because so and so is blowing out his backside um, which you know goes back to pre-seasons and Players being fit enough for playing a certain way, etc. etc. Mm-hmm. Um the same as separately. I thought I thought Diselle played better than he has done. He, he was certainly you know, getting forward with the ball more, wasn't he? He was more progressive with his um with his passing. Um, be interesting to see what they do in that with that midfield three, wouldn't it? Downs Diselle Bishop, whether they give them a few games to see what they can do as a as a three. I don't really think. Does Bishop do enough as a number 10 to, to warrant a start? I don't know. Um, he's no one that's out of contract. Um
2: just doesn't have enough goals in his game, does he? He doesn't have a shot. No. He doesn't really have a I, shot from outside the box.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, the, and to be fair, that was another thing, wasn't it, at the weekend is that Dazelle had a, t- a time when he, he sort of broke free. And I can't think who was running afraid. It might have been Jackson was running pretty much parallel to him, but just a little bit ahead. Wasn't giving any sort of angle to pass it through to. I thought, well, have a shot. You're Again, you're 20 yards out like Downs was the other night against Wimbledon. You've broken through. You've broken the lines. You're 20 yards out. You're middle of goal, and it just doesn't seem to enter the head. Or they haven't got the confidence to to have a go and have a shot. The um, same with the Edwards one, where it got same played with, across to him. Same with all of our
2: midfielders, isn't it? We've got yeah. too many attacking players that can't shoot. How can yeah. you like? How can you get to that level of football and not be able to shoot from distance, or just, yeah. even just shoot from the edge of the box? Keegan Bennett just and, hits the ball so hard. And he, he just can't seem to keep up in the same postcode when he shoots. Downs, you never really see, have a shot, but maybe like breaking into the box late, he might pop up with a couple of headers here and there. You can probably allow Downs not being so good at shooting because he does play slightly deeper. But if Deselle wants to play a bit higher, Bishop, Guyon Edwards' shooting technique is just... Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? Just dribble, it, they just dribble Oh, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. It, and the thing is as well, as a, as a sort of... Um,
1: alluded to before is that they also want it to be perfect for them before they will have a shot you know it's not as if we'll ever have a shot that's not quite rolling to us perfectly when you if it's not rolling to me perfectly i'm gonna have a touch and maybe another touch to get it out of my feet before i will have a shot just have a go just like kane vincent young did when he cut inside and hit it with his left just you can just have a go no one's gonna berate you there's no one in the bloody ground to moan and groan at you so just have a go what's the worst that can happen you can have a shot and it might go in yeah.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe the Blue Monday podcasters will mention your shot and slag it off but from... <laughs> <laughs> and then wave you goodbye at the end of your, t- your contract yeah, that's right.
0: but it's frustrating so it- isn't it because at the start of the season you know Edwards was scoring relatively frequently and, and Bishop was as well Nolan was chipping in with goals so we know they kind of do have it in their locker but for whatever reason they just don't seem willing to to give it a go it's really weird is it is it months of Lambert ball and you know passing it back and retaining possession is it is it a confidence thing I don't know it's it's just so frustrating because you know like like you said the other night craig against wimbledon with downs and a couple of times and just just hit the damn thing you might get a lucky deflection mm. it might go in you might get a deflection and it pings to somebody on the edge of the uh, edge of the box just try something rather than 90 minutes of knocking it around and then putting in a pointless cross which the keeper keeper collects fairly comfortably it's so
2: frustrating isn't it sometimes
0: yeah. say i don't know if i ever
2: mentioned that i interviewed matt holland for blue monday last year and he talked about how george burley would tell him to in that instance use the driver nice mug that by the way craig um use the driver so just put your put your laces through the ball and yeah you mentioned those goals from nolan and bishop earlier on the season but they they were pretty much goals where they've caressed the ball into the corner none of them seem to have the driver in the locker or even a three would they're they're all just sort of without going too golf technical because i know you two aren't interested but they seem to be hitting like little they drawn want to, seven uh, irons at best
1: yeah for the for the fifa crowd you know it's that finesse shot isn't it it's the yeah the, the, yeah. the r1? R1, r1 is always held r1. down
2: every shot yeah
1: yeah it is it is exactly that yeah exactly what it is the r1 that's, button is stuck. that's that's as that's as modern as my references are going to get today it's, what was that how for FIFA are you doing
2: 90- young kids <laughs>
1: fifa 98 i was referring to there by the way <laughs>
2: Wonderful, the indoor indoor game as well. So, <laughs> um, so if if it is a bit of an audition for some of these players to prove who can play in the four two three one, who do you think made a decent account of themselves for that that formation?
0: Well, I think Dazelle was probably the the man of the match, and it was obviously it was great to have Kvy back and Touchwood. Hopefully, he came through the ninety minutes with no real, no real issues. Apart from that, I thought Downs was fairly subdued yesterday, but we know he's got it in his locker to be one of those mm. two of the of, of the two in midfield supporting the the front three. But uh, again, the three behind the the striker, I guess Bennett, Bishop, and Edwards, none of them really did it for me. I, I guess he'll look to to replace those three positions because they'll be so crucial to how he wants to play. Jackson, I thought, did better than. Recent games, but for me, he's still playing too often with his back to goal, and he just he just can't do that role at all. Can he we never seem to have him on the shoulder of the last man with a with a through ball ping through to him for him to really open up and use his pace. So f- for me, Dizel was probably the big win yesterday, and and, and the, the biggest plus Kvy getting ninety minutes. Thankfully, I think they proved they could do it, and with a with a real decent preseason and with a Kvy type player on the left as a left back, that could really really be uh, be exciting this year with two uh, two fullbacks bombing on for
1: ninety minutes. Jackson Jackson was frustrating again, wasn't he, yesterday? But he's, he's a funny old player, and he, Jackson? I'd, I'd just be amazed to know, A, why Bournemouth bid a million pound plus for him last summer. What, what did they think they were getting? And B, what the hell their fans would have thought had he signed, having dropped down from the Premier League, to suddenly sign a guy, you know, a sprinter,
2: basically. It's, <laughs> no, because he hasn't... He hasn't that definitely happened. 'Cause at the time I just thought, Oh, that just reeks of his agent just trying to get his name yeah, out possibly. there and trying to get him a a move. But Well know. even the Huddersfield one in January was confirmed, I think, wasn't it? I
0: didn't okay. Lambert throw it out, but somebody else did come out and admit it. It might have been Leo Neal maybe. So people
2: yeah. do sort of see something in him, I guess, but I'm not sure. I mean I know last year he's coming off was if it eleven look, goals, eleven assists. If you looked at, like, but... at highlight reel from last season, yeah. Like you say, all those goals and assists, he his best bits are pretty good from last season he he actually yeah. had a decent season last year didn't he
1: yeah but it, it's again it again it's too few and far between isn't it for, and certainly for the for the formation that cook wants to play i just don't see it at all where he fits into a into a formation that certainly that front four he's mm. not going to be there is he it's not it just doesn't work so i know i know he's at a contract i know we've got an option and and um phil on those other days wonders whether we'll trigger it just to sell him um, you've got to be pretty sure that someone's going to come in and and buy him to make it worth your while gambling yeah. that it's worth another year's contract. See, I just don't, I wouldn't be surprised if if he if he goes because so I just don't see how he fits into the, into that system.
0: And now with you know with a a a COVIDly hit financial market, we're looking at what couple of hundred grand 300 grand for him tops maybe you're going to get nowhere near the levels of bids we had on on offer last year and last january so it's a hell of a risk to trigger it and then be stuck with him for another another 12 months so i, I can see him being released and and another another asset wasted i guess what was he 1.6 million was he yeah Cra- crazy isn't it's it, the money just, that it, just
1: that, it just that entire stand wasn't the and
2: that's how <laughs> it <was how> he <laughs> yeah started.
0: him and donation <laughs> paid for a stand yeah <laughs>
2: Wonderful. Uh, let's let's go to the other results before we do the Twitter questions this time. Uh, so Peterborough and Hull both won. Peterborough 3-1 against Northampton who we play on Tuesday. Hull 2-1 against Fleetwood. Um, Wigan seems to be winning every week now. All the teams down the bottom seems to be winning every week now. They beat Crewe 2-0. Burton drew one all with Plymouth. Blackpool won at home to Sunderland. Big result for them. Mm. Rochdale won 3-1 against the aforementioned Accrington. Milton Key's dons beat Portsmouth, which is why we are only four points off the playoffs somehow. Um, Doncaster did win, though, and they've got a game in hand on us. Uh, Lincoln, big win for them away at Bristol Rovers. AFC Wimbledon, good side, very good side. They beat <laughs> Swindon. And Oxford who have moved into the playoff places 3-2 winners against Gillingham. So that top 10, you'd say. So that looking at it, the top three is going to be the top three. We just don't really know what order. So that's Hull Hull top, Peterborough second, Sunderland third. And then Lincoln have suddenly picked up again. They're, They're now in fourth on 69 points. Blackpool one point behind on 68. Then it's Oxford, who are in sixth place on 65. Portsmouth have got a game in hand. They're also on 65. We've also got a game in hand. We're on 61. Charlton are two points above us with a game in hand. And, yeah, Doncaster have got a game in hand as well. So those games in hand, that that could be our playoff push over if those, those are won.
1: Just a couple of things, Mikey, just... Just to go, back just as you were talking through those results, which sort of triggered something for me, is that Blackpool, you know, as you say, are on a, on a hell of a run at the moment. But last summer, when they brought, um, is it Neil Critchley in Critchley, isn't it, from Liv- the Liverpool Academy coach? I think they signed seventeen, eighteen players last summer, and and um, I was on the Blackpool pod with those guys, and me and Joe went on the the reverse one as well. Um, and at the at the first time I spoke to them. Um, before we played them away and you know beat them quite com- convincingly from a scoreline perspective nothing else, they were really umming and ahhing about this guy. And he said, you know, he's trying to overhaul the way we're playing and it's not working, etc. cetera, et cetera. I'm not sure how long we're gonna, he's going to have. It just goes to show that it it does take a while just to get your ideas across. And, you know, now they're reaping the result, reaping the rewards of, of sticking with him. But it just goes to show that it's taken from summer through to spring to get that momentum and get everyone knowing how he wants them to play. And I say the, the results are, are coming now. Um, and then similarly, Portsmouth, you look at the, the comments from the Portsmouth fans, you can pretty much replace the word Portsmouth with Ipswich. You know? Yeah.
2: They want a lot of them want rid of half the squad. And that might yeah, be underperforming yeah. waste, wasters yeah. that are, you know, using up the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Right, that brings us nicely on to the first Twitter question. I'll come to you, Seb. Will Prowse asks, will Ipswich ever score again? <laughs> I really hope
0: so, because it's hard doing these, isn't it? Some of the live streams I've done with Rich uh, just we sit there for an hour and think what are we going to talk about? Hopefully God will get a lucky deflection or God forbid, maybe a penalty have we had a penalty yet this season. I know we Nord missed one, didn't he, but ma- maybe we'll get something, please, in the next game against uh, against Northampton. They got hammered, was it three one wasn't it against uh, Peterborough so please yeah god willing let's have let's have at least one goal and something to talk about for the guys doing the live stream on Tuesday night.
2: Craig, what was the score the last time we played Northampton? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to think.
1: God, that was a that was atrocious, wasn't it? That one. <laughs> I think it that can't was the worst. Be worse. Was it? That, it that
0: was the worst. At the,
1: the time, that was be. the worst. Yeah. Thing is, as well, now, I know. I'm to hark back to the the chat we had with the Blackpool guys. They, because we hadn't played them at all at that point in time, and they said to us, "Bloody hell, Northampton are absolutely awful." Said, so "Guys, all these teams we played, they looked." awful they were a right rabble but didn't didn't they they'd replaced curl hadn't they like a game or two before we played them hadn't they off top of my head I think so we'd sort of hit them at the wrong time as it were
2: along came Ipswich Tim Pashley chaps missed both in brackets fortunately but which was the better watch ITFC or the funeral Did you catch any of that I know you're a big royalist Craig
1: no, I didn't actually. No, I didn't. I, I hear there were more shots on target in the in the funeral than there were at uh, the Valley, but no, I didn't. I didn't watch either. I've, I've paid my due respects in by virtue of various minutes silence, but no, I, I didn't tune in to watch that. I went for a walk okay. instead.
2: Okay. Um, FPL Tractor. We're all going to read too much into every team sheet for the rest of the season, but did any decisions today strike you as significant, Seb? NCR and not in the 18, Edwards still in the 11. Well, it came out after he
0: was injured, wasn't he? So I guess he was a bit of a surprise. Naidem, I thought, I thought he'd be in for a good shout of starting. I, I wasn't sure how much he played in the week for the for the under twenty threes, but I, I was quite hopeful he might get a game. I thought Dzadik looked a bit leggy in the yeah. last few weeks/slash months, so I thought maybe Naidem might come in alongside Downs in midfield or even at left back. You know, he was training up to be a kind of a a, a, a left back in the in the preseason when he got injured. So I think we could hopefully maybe see him do a job there. Edwards is probably playing because do we have any? Any other wide options? I guess maybe Lancaster could, could pop in there. But given all his comments about Demolition Man and going to rip it all up, there weren't that many. Chambers was the big one, obviously. There weren't that many surprises, I don't think, on the team sheet when it was announced compared to what we what we thought. I mean, I wouldn't have been yeah. surprised if if Simpson, Dobra, Nidham, if a load of the kids had started on Saturday based on his comments. But we, we just didn't really get that, did we?
1: Hmm. I, was, I was trying to find a, li- a little gif of someone pushing a Jenga block gently out of a tower to like represent Paul Cook's demolition of the yeah. uh, of the team um
2: but no it's just strange a little one McGuinness... insight into the mind of Craig Finber, <laughs> yeah, It was into the sarcastic... try to find a gift but couldn't <laughs> into the sarcastic
1: mind of uh, yeah Craig Finbo um it was a strange one that McGuinness played it came out of the blue wasn't it um it'd be nice to see Wolfenden play centrally I think for the next five matches won't it just to yeah. you know get him a proper run of games where he where he should be playing hopefully next year. Um, as Seb said, pretty much the only reason Edwards and Bennett's played is because there's bugger all else to nothing else is there. No other play in those positions. Well, Freddie Sears. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like just going back to Wolfenden. I feel like this is a big few weeks for him to try and earn some trust because he's a player that will probably be there next season. Yeah, um, and he did. He did, yeah. he did
0: all right, I thought as well. He did okay. Yeah. You know, a couple of times he he showed pace to stay with his man quite well, and you know, no real McGinnis made an error in the second half. Wolfenden didn't really. So this is like his audition now, isn't it? Like you said, it's, it's his chance to really, really prove to Cook that he can do it, and Cook can trust him as one of his one of his players moving forward. I guess the big the big issue for the next few weeks will be who who partners him. You know, McGinnis won't be here. NCR we don't know how long he's injured for. Wilson seems to be uh, probably done Four for the season. Radar. Maybe he's disappeared yeah. again. So I guess Chambers is the big one. You know. Is, is Cook going to bring Chambers back alongside Wolfenden like we saw for so much of last year? Or is he going to, you know, look to look to keep playing the two the two youngsters for the remaining six, seven
1: games? I think that will tell us a lot, though, won't it? I think if he does play McGuinness rather than Chambers for the next match or two, it's just it seems a strange thing not to have Chambers play. But you would have thought, you know, and this is purely speculation on my behalf, is that one of the main signings we'll be looking for will be a a Tony Mowbray type center half leader warrior well not necessarily warrior because he wants more ball playing center halves but you know just a, a proper solid center from half long yeah 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 what well, he's coming he's coming back so he might as well register him <laughs> as well <laughs> I think we saw it yesterday, yesterday. We my, Kings back on I wouldn't mind McGuinness
0: from Charlton to be honest yesterday I thought he was I thought he was pretty decent the charlton center back I think we could do worse than look at somebody like him in the summer but the chambers okay. thing will be strange when it because he's made these comments post match as well isn't he's saying there might be a role for luke but it might look slightly different to what we he's got at the moment so is he maybe you know pointing out the chambers that, that this is how it might be next year i guess you've got to get used to the bench if you're going to if you're going to look to stay killy wants to wants to make a change there but he's, it, it it it's a strange one it, it, a lot will depend if chambers plays two three four five out of the next six games then i guess we might see him potentially offered something as a backup role if he's Mm. bombed out altogether and doesn't really get off the bench then is it a time to 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 shake hands and move on yeah personally i'd
2: I'd keep i'd keep hold of chambers and do just that having a backup option i'd bring in a new experienced center back but i would definitely keep chambers around because he doesn't he doesn't let the side down when he plays center back and he he doesn't let the side down when he plays right back and he's always
0: fit as well, isn't he? If you want yeah, somebody, you can always guarantee always to be fit. on the bench. Worst case, be on the bench 46 times a season. And he's going to train hard every every single week it is chambers. You know, he's probably played the most football out of anybody this
2: season.
1: Yeah. Whereas I'm different. I'm different, I wouldn't have him.
2: Yeah, and that's fair enough. Because because he kind of embodies
1: the last few years at the club, doesn't he? Well, yeah, but it's, it's no disrespect to Chambers. Because, you know, as we were saying about Alan Judge, Alan Judge... Is very possibly been in the top five performers this season, as has Luke Chambers. I've got no problem at all with Luke Chambers as a player. You know, he's he's played perfectly, reasonably okay. Certainly in in terms of the defence, I appreciate what he brings to to the club and stuff. Like that, but I I wouldn't have him in my first team squad if if we, if the club want to keep him on and he wants to stay on and work with the kids or, you know, because we know he's very good with the youth teams and bits and pieces like that. And I know that he, he's actually good, you know, communicating and, and congratulating the, the youth teams on when, when they do well and bits and pieces like that. No problem at all. They've got no issue at all with Luke Chambers as a person or a player. I just think it just, it just needs a complete clean sweep from my, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough to be To be honest. I'm in a position where, where I stand on it is, I, I wouldn't be overly disappointed either way, Um, but I'd lean towards keeping hold of him as as a squad member. Um, Rob Smith asks, is there anything more infuriating than our lack of tempo, e.g. Holy's slow distribution, deliberation over free kicks before playing back to the goalkeeper? Now, this one absolutely drives me insane as well, because we keep hearing that these games are (laughs) must-win, and then we're so slow with throw-ins and... Like you said, goal kicks and everything at the end of the game. It, it, well, is there anything more infuriating than that said? Maybe Matt Hancock?
0: <laughs> There's just no intensity is there no intensity we always look to slow things down even if we're in a good position I mean that clip that was it you Craig sent out yesterday where we have the free kick and then we send it back and it's just it just sums us up for the entire season let's be honest even under yeah. under Lambert we were so slow we never looked to break quickly on sides which is frustrating because there is a bit of pace in our side now with KVY and Bennett's potentially I guess they're quite quick guys but so many times over the years we've seen us just slow it down and take your time and it's just yeah it is the right word for it. It's so frustrating to watch because we all know it's going to happen as well. You know, never once do we think to ourselves, right, Holy's claimed it, let's get a quick throw out, let's get some bodies forward, let's look to hit hit teams on the counter. It's just just not something we do. And I guess that'll be one of the one of the things we'll look to to sort out in preseason. And I guess fitness comes in, in with that as well. We a few games recently we've had a good 15-20 minute spell where we have kind of you know a decent bit of tempo, but as soon as that fitness starts to drop, we, we just stop instantly and it'll be fairly high, I would think, on Cook's bucket list to sort out out in the in the summer
1: Think mm. is as well it's not just us that know it's going to happen it's the opposition know it's going to happen because there was it, it happened all the time yesterday and as soon as we had a free kick and we just knocked it two yards left or right Charlton were on us and they were pushing us and all of a sudden they were just pushing us back pushing us back and it's back with Holy again so it's you know other opposition aren't stupid that they'll they'll be on it as well and I say as we said before pre seasons where it's at it's not how Cook wants to play you know, he said it time and time and time again. It's not how he wants us to play. He wants us to play on the front foot. He wants us to play quicker. Um, I'm just interested to see how this is all going to affect Dezel, really, in terms of, you know, we know he likes just a little bit of time on the ball and just to get things right, but he'll, he'll need to quicken up. But that may come by virtue of having more players making the right runs and him being able to pick those passes. So I'm absolutely intrigued to see if Dezel, if and how does can fit into the uh, to this midfield going forward.
2: Excellent. And the next question is, with Cook liking a higher tempo game than our lads are capable of playing, do you think the pain he was talking about the other day is also in reference to a harder pre-season than the remaining players are accustomed to? Let's be honest, they need shaping up. This is something we've kind of talked throughout this podcast, isn't it? That the players need to be fitter. Do, do you think when he mentions pain, he means... Physical preseason pain as well. Yeah, I think it, I don't know if it'll it'll be a
1: harder preseason. It'll just be a different preseason to get us fit enough and dynamic enough to play the way that Cook wants us to play, won't it? You know, mm. he's as I say, he said before, he doesn't want to be making subs at this point in the season. I know they've played lots of games, but they should be fit enough to make their way through ninety minutes of football without having to be dragged off after sixty because they're blowing out the backside. So, as I say, he'll he'll get them fit enough maybe and maybe it, it might help if we had a fitness coach in the country <laughs> i was gonna say i was gonna say bill i was gonna say building there but actually i'm gonna i'm gonna expand that by saying let's have a fitness coach within the same country that we're in um but again yeah they'll he'll get them fit and he'll get them firing for for pre-season i'm sure
2: and seb uh just the last question here from andy mack um where's the next charlie White, and can we get him know a lot of people didn't want charlie White when we were linked to him in the summer
0: yeah well yeah well his record wasn't amazing was it until this no. season when sods Laurie starts banging them in left right and center i guess johnson clark harris was the other one as well in the summer i, I don't know how true that was but when not there? when we doing our due diligence on him somebody said and there were bids of 600 grand rumored and stuff so you'd like to the, think with the new the new model and the new owners coming in and the new departments and a ceo we might properly do some proper scouting this time rather than rely on people that have played for the manager before etc you know this the, the Whole recruitment model needs to change we're not shopping in the bargain basements anymore hopefully we'll be looking to get in some real real quality and you'd like to think a real dedicated recruitment and scouting team will have what what clubs like Brentford and Bristol rover uh, Bristol City to a certain degree, and heaven forbid Norwich, you know they might start to look more than one window in advance. You know we buy this player now, and in two windows' time we identify that player. Let's have a proper recruitment team and some proper long term st- strategic planning for our for our recruitment because for for years now we've just gone off you know fag packet you know sums and 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 word of mouth and all that has to change now. And I think it, I but think it, it
1: will. But in ter- in terms of that those Seb, just before I go on to that in terms of Johnson, clark harris it didn't if we'd have bought him he'd have been scoring six goals this season wouldn't he yeah he true, wouldn't yeah. have been score he wouldn't have been scoring yeah. 27 goals for us because he, he wouldn't have had 27 chances to to score from um in terms of yeah as you as you rightly say in an ideal world we'd be looking two three windows ahead but that all comes from the fact that the manager or coach needs to be playing the same way you know we don't want to be, we've gone from a, a manager who played slow pedestrian football to a manager who now wants to play high tempo attacking front foot football okay well therefore this summer we'll be recruiting for that as long as as long as in two three four transfer windows time either cook's still going to be here or it's going to be a manager who still wants to be you know working with players who are playing high tempo front foot um attacking football otherwise you know there's there's no point in it the whole the whole summer is going to be absolutely fascinating. I'm, I'm a little bit giddy and excited by it all, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I just, I just hope they don't go down my route of um, when I'm doing playing football manager and just go out and basically buy everyone who's available. Uh, Let's <laughs> 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 see. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But say, right.
2: Sorry, um, just the fu- the final question, Craig. I was going to ask you because you've seen Ipswich conquer Europe, um, Choppertron. I know he's a, he's a Tottenham fan, but he asked, do you think Ipswich will be a part of the new European football league, <laughs> the European super league, sorry, given their pedigree? Should they maybe in a few years, Patrick, maybe in a few years. Well, the, teams, the teams seem to just be choosing whether they're going to join it or not, regardless
1: of their, you know, how well they're doing. If Arsenal are going to join it and they're <laughs> halfway up the bloody Premier League, then, you know, let's, let's see what the, uh, how we can join. Although that, saying that, you know, while we're talking, there's a game going on at Wembley and there are actually fans in the ground, aren't there? So, you know, things are looking up. Don't don't book that holiday for the end of May just yet.
2: <laughs> Lovely stuff. Um, so, yeah, the Blue Monday team will be back on Tuesday night for a live stream, as Seb says. Hopefully, we'll have something to talk about this time um, after the Northampton <laughs> game. Um, I'm going to do a quick plug for this week's Premier League World or I guess it will be last week's Premier League World, which featured a nice interview with one of our old favourites, Shevki Kucci, who talks about fleeing a war-torn Kosovo as a child, as well as his superb career in English football. A couple of mentions in there for Ipswich. Um, Another thing to plug, of course, is Benjamin Bloom's interview on Mark Ashton with Bristol-based journalist Gregor McGregor. Please check that one out if you haven't already. Um, That's one that won't be going out of date anytime soon. Anything you guys would like to plug before we call it a night? Oh, actually, just one quick thing.
1: It, today's the 15th anniversary of John Lyle's death. So I just mm-hmm. want to put that out there. And I know Simon Milton's been on social media a fair bit today referencing it. I think went to his grave and bits and pieces like that. But that's my little photo in the, or my parrot design um, poster in the corner there for that 91 92 season. So yeah, anyone of my vintage whose favourite season was, was that one, that's uh, yeah, a little bit of remembrance for
2: you. Proper football gentleman, wasn't he, Craig?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like to fag, didn't he, as well? And just, say if, if, just referencing the, the chat I had with Jason DeZell, which is still readily available, um, he obviously <laughs> talks about him. And honestly, he, he has, again, had nothing but really great things to say about him, about the way he treated his players. And, you know, as you say, hard as a hard football man, but, you know, gentle and looked after his players and such a great, great man manager as well. And so the way that Simon Milton talks about him is, you know, tell, tells everything, really.
2: Yeah. And, Seb, anything from you? Where can our viewers and listeners find you on Twitter? Just at BrownS08. And uh,
0: like you said at the start of the of the pod, please make sure you subscribe um, to get all the, all the latest content from ourselves and buy some chicken as well. Yeah,
2: and now's a good time to like the video as well. So, yeah, we're at the end of the show. So thanks for listening and watching and wish for whatever you like. <laughs>